Hey, welcome to the Propel Podcast. Thank you for joining us. On today's episode, we're joined by Mark McFerrin. He is the Director of Development at Barefoot Republic Camps. Mark, thank you for being here. Fun to be here on a December 1. Here we go. Yeah. So um, I just want to start with your personal story because I think Mm. it's helpful to frame um, how you got to where you are. What Mm. was it that sparked your interest in in being a part of serving your community? Mm. Mm. Good question. And you were good to give me uh, questions to kind of ponder. So thank you, uh, (laughs) Nicholas. Uh, So for me, I think, and for a lot of us, it's, it's part of our environment, how we grew up. And uh, so for me, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family that had a mindset for that. They're a spiritual family. I don't know if your your audience, uh, you know, I think everybody's spiritual, you know, it means different things. For me, it was a relationship with God through his son, Jesus. And, um, trying to put him first in our lives. And so I saw my parents do that. And um, so I grew up in a home that was about service. And uh, we were involved in a local church, but I know we're involved in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and recreational things. So, you know, the school that we went to, this little school in a farming community in Southern California, which most people don't think of Southern California as farming community, but back in my day it was, and still is actually. Um, but there was a small school and everybody got involved. And, uh, but so I saw my parents model it and Mm -hmm. then, um, not only model it, but really took a a big step in that. So I look back and say the best thing my parents ever gave me was a spiritual heritage. And that spiritual heritage involves serving others Mm -hmm. and with serving others, there was just always increased community. And you got to know people and they got to know you and it took you different opportunities. So I, for me, that's, that's what it led to. And mm-hmm. it was just kind of like, you never knew what would happen. And um, so I think that's where it started for mm-hmm. me. And I saw it modeled by my, my mom and my dad and camps. Actually, uh, there was one particular camp that my family was involved in for many, many years. And we all showed up for three weeks every summer. Um, it was called camp challenge. And it was a challenge at times, but I grew up in that camp from like a little, you know, toddler mm-hmm. all the way up. And as you got older, you, you did more things, served more. So, uh, and I hope people have had experience with camps. That's, you know, one of the greatest things that I've been involved in today now with Barefoot Republic, uh, a camping experience. There's something about camp mm-hmm. going away out in the, in the country, in the woods, you know, or, you know, even if it's not, it's just different. Get you out of your environment. And then you interact with other people. So for me, that's where it started. So um, when you were getting older, you had obviously been in all these camps and been a part of serving the community. Um, What was that switch that flipped in your mind where you said, I could actually do this as a a career Mm -hmm. to serve Mm -hmm. people um, intentionally? You know, Mm -hmm. a lot of our, our audience is um you know they're working regular jobs and we'll talk about how you can integrate that but just from your perspective what was it that really changed your mindset on pursuing it Mm -hmm. more than um just being a attendee at a camp i i think i remember as a teenager um in this church youth group that i was a part of um it just seemed like one of the skill sets that I had was I was good at just kind of pulling people together for common things and community projects or whatever things we were doing together, but I could fire people up and get people working together. 
And um, people would comment on that to me and say, man, you that was a really good thing. So that, that's part of where it started for me. Mm -hmm. And then there was a challenge to um, think, man, maybe I could do this uh, as a job, whether that be in camp settings, a church, you know, as a youth director. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things. So I went to college, uh, uh, Biola University, specifically in Christian education, which was related to youth how to work with young people. And that could be in, gosh, in social service, all kinds of things. And, um, and I didn't think it was going to be nonprofit or for, for profit. It just kind of fell that way. Mm -hmm. So my whole career now, Nicholas, as you know, has been in nonprofit good causes mm -hmm. where I get to be a mouthpiece for good causes and use that skill set to pull people into a vision. So I think I kind of early on in high school is where it started. And I had people in my life that saw something that pointed out. And I think that's really important for us as individuals. As we look back, whatever age you're at, you're always looking, there's people around you that you see things and you ought to speak it out in them and say, you know what, what that, because you know the power. I mean, we can all think of teachers who said something negative mm -hmm. that has, you know, clamped us down. At the right. same time, we can think of some teachers or coaches that have said something that's perked us up. And I think that's one of the things we have as, as people be able to share what we see in others and people did that for me and mm. i think that's what kind of got me going early on in the high school college years so with so many different needs in our communities and we could list them for the next two hours mm. how, how do you decide where you spend your time and where you start serving yeah good yeah <laughs> i had a guy tell me years ago he says look at where and he was a spiritual guy. So he shared that, look where God is doing something good. Look where, where God's honeycomb is dripping. And Mark, go get under it. <laughs> well, like, don't worry about trying to start your own thing. Just look around. There's good things going on, on in your community. Go get under it. And um, and I think that's what I, I've seen. And, and I've come across a lot of things that have really sparked something in me. Or I've seen it spark in some of my friends or family and it's caused me to want to lean in and say, Hey, Nicholas, what, what, why are you so fired up about this? And those people have said, well, come see, mm -hmm. come see. And so that's one of the challenges I would say is, you know, whether you're in deep already with something, uh, or not always be looking around with, with your family and friends and your coworkers and say, what are you involved in? Mm -hmm. What are you passionate about? Can I go, can I go find out what that means to you and, and see it firsthand? Mm -hmm. um, you may be fully engrossed in something as well. And you ought to be looking for people to pull in and say, Hey, come with me, come see this. So that, you know, how do you choose? I think you choose by looking around mm -hmm. and seeing what's already going on mm -hmm. um, because there's a ton of good stuff, but you got to look for it. Yeah. Yeah. Some will show right up. Others you got to look for. Yeah. Propel is a fully customized software platform that allows organizations of all sizes to run a comprehensive global well-being program for their employees and families. Propel is built to create long-term behavior change by infusing an organization's distinctive culture into a well-being program that reflects its unique needs. Propel allows you to run an unlimited number of well-being challenges, automate a health incentive program, deliver curated content, integrate organizational initiatives, and more. With Propel, you have the flexibility to meet your employees where they are and help them develop healthy habits that stick. 
To see all of the ways you can use Propel to engage your employees, schedule a 30-minute demo with our team by emailing sales at propelwellness.com or visit our website at propelwellness.com. I think it's a really good point that um, your coworkers and your friends, your community mm. may all already be involved in, in some of these things. And so having those conversations yeah. and even um, taking the insight that you've gotten, people that have spoken into your life yeah. and said, hey, I think you're really good at you know building things. Right. And so you talk to your coworker and you you say, listen, I'm I really enjoy and I'm good at building things. Mm-hmm. Do you know of somewhere where I can help? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that that have really good ideas yeah. uh, and things that they're involved in. Yeah. There's there's a the community of people and I think the gifting and we see it in our companies. And you, if you're sitting in a conference room, which probably all of us do for some meeting, you can look around and if you step if you stepped away from the conference room table and some some friend came in, some close friend and and uh, and said, All right, tell me about these people, and they couldn't hear, you would go around the table and you'd be able to say, This is what this person's about. This is the gifting they bring. Mm-hmm. This is they're kind of known as the summarizer. They're kind of known as the person who's always asking the questions. This is the quiet person who doesn't say much, but when they do, we all kind of go, hmm. So we all have roles and different things we play and we all have skill sets. And so I think that's important to, to, to look at the community and, and what you can. So what is it that you bring? And a lot of us would say, God, I don't know what I bring, you know? And, and I think that's where we've got to be bold and, and say, well, ask some friends Say, where do you see, what, what do you see my gifting maybe? in? Because we, we can, we can lean into that. Mm-hmm. Um, the power of helping and encouraging. I, I brought this with me to make sure we share because I think it's really powerful. And you can go look it up on, on YouTube right now. There's a guy named Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. Pretty popular guy. He has a thing called the power of kindness. And if you look up power of kindness, it'll pop up. It's two or three minutes. It's a, it's a video where he's in New York, walking down the street, very crowded, Guy's got a backpack on in front of him. It's unzipped. Something falls out. He just instinctively reaches down, picks up because the guy didn't know it fell out. Picks it up, walks faster ahead, taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, this fell out. And the guy's so grateful. So grateful. And um, uh, so he's like, thank you so much. And he says, you know what? When when I did that, I felt good because I was just being kind and doing something natural. And, uh, and it releases something in the endorphins, you know, the dopamine that, that happens. And so I walk further and then I cross the street and a guy on the other side of the street said, dude, I saw what you did. That was awesome. And what I discovered is not only do I feel good doing something to help people, but the person I helped felt good, but you can watch somebody do it and feel good. Hmm. And that circle and that kind of that community that I thought when we, when this topic of serving in your community, how to be kind and just do simple things, it does something internally. That's the way God wired us. The DNA in us, it's got all these buttons get pushed when we do good things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, and it, it creates healthier marks, healthier Nicholas's because mm-hmm. of what we do and how we serve. Right. Yeah. So how do we balance between serving people and addressing immediate needs um, things like giving them a meal right now or, or mm-hmm. fixing something right now. And then long-term change yeah. that we want to see in our communities. 
Um, you know, probably the classic example that we all are faced with is the, the person on the street begging, homeless. And wherever you live, it's there. And um, whatever freeway you're on, whatever off-ramp you get off of, it's there. And I had a, a friend, a pastor friend years ago, invite one of those people, those people, somebody who was, he had met and was a homeless person. And part of the conversation that he had in front of this group was somebody said, well, you know, I, I don't want to give my money to help somebody because they were going to go use it for ill, going to go buy booze, whatever. And um, the conversation between these two people said this, he said, you know, yeah, that may be true. But at this point, it's not because I'm a party guy. It's medicine for me. I'm addicted. I'm trying to get, deal with it, you know. And um, I don't know, the way they said that just kind of, and it was a challenge to me to say, don't, don't get all worried about how the money's spent. Be worried more about if, you're, if you give something and how you give it to that person. And the look at, that you make with that person, that contact you have in their eye. And I thought that was, that was kind of a good lesson for me. It kind of backed away from this, oh, no, I can't help because they might use it different. Or I'm being scammed or, you know, you name it. Um, I just, I've spent a good bit of time in this town in Nashville at a restaurant called The Cookery. And if you're in this area or you ever come to visit, that's the restaurant you need to go to, The Cookery. And the guy who runs it used to be homeless. And, um, and he has this calling for those that are down and out on the street. And all the people that work in the, in the kitchen are in a culinary school that this guy runs. And they've all come off the street wanting a better life. And one of the things they did more of the long-term thing is, is when you check out, you can buy a $5 or $10 coupon card that you can carry in your wallet. And so when you see somebody rather than give money you give them a card and say hey go to this restaurant and they'll give you a meal breakfast or lunch and in the process you're going to hear about the cookery and what they're about maybe be, get ministered to and different things that way so that's kind of a a way to step further you know mm -hmm. um long-term needs there's another thing that's national that people need to know about it's called care portal care portal C-A-R-E, portal, P-O-R-T-A-L.org. You go to Care Portal and it's a network. It's like Uber. <laughs> you can pull up Uber and say, I want to go uh, here, here, here. Well, same thing. You can pull up in your area and they're state, it's na nationwide now. And you, where are some needs in my area that people have? And there's four or five organizations in this city that monitor and grab needs and bring it into the Care Portal. So now I can look and say, can I, you know, can I meet this need? And a lot of it relates to families that are on the border of possibly losing their kids into the foster care system. It's a super, super cool app, easy to use. People are finding ways to pump into it. You don't have to work out a committee hmm. where you can, but there's some people that are managing it and you can give money or you give your time to it. Careportal.org. That's another, that's more long-term and it's more organized mm -hmm. and vetted, if you will. So there, those are some ways. Yeah. So if we're interested in starting our own initiative, you've obviously been a part of a number of organizations and growing them, growing their influence and growing um, their ability to continue caring for people. What is a 
what is the best way to get a new initiative started for a need that one of us might find that doesn't have anyone serving it in our city? Well, I would challenge you to, to uh, the fact that likely what you're thinking is there probably is somebody that's doing something. with it. It's kind of rare in my opinion, or maybe there's a version of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in this town a long time working in different organizations um, and, you know, as a mouthpiece, you're asking people to support what you're passionate about, but hopefully you're, you're trying to find what they're passionate about and see if they match. The number one concern that most people have, myself included, is because no one gives to just one thing. We give to multiple things. You do probably, uh, you know, your money, your time. But the frustration is when you say, guys, there's duplication going on. I see a lot of duplication or I, yeah, that's very similar. And so that frustrates people. So I, I would really encourage you to do a deep dive to make sure that truly this is not a, a new initiative, that there really is already some version of it going on somewhere and try to come alongside and blow wind into them. That's the power of collaboration. Now, granted, there's some things, there's some unmet needs with it, but, and we need to find it. So how do you go about that? Well, I, I can tell you, most organizations started by people not waiting to get it all organized. They just saw a need and started and it just blossomed from there. Um, the bridge ministry in this town really works with the homeless and the, the lady behind it, Candy Christmas, quite a name, Candy Christmas. She was in her own personal depression. She'll tell you this story. And I was, I didn't want to get out. I had a friend that said, look, I'm going down to, uh, the bridge every now and then, and there's some homeless people and we cook for you. Can you cook? And she says, yeah, I can cook. She says, would you, and that ask, can you cook some soup? I think it was jambalaya. She's from the, the Louisiana. So she cooked like this big vat of jambalaya and took it down there. And what it did for her, she served out of her depression and got out of her depression. I've got a friend that, that says you can serve out of your depression. By serving others, it will do something to you that medication and all this won't. Now, you may need help with that still. And Steve would say, yeah, I do. But you can serve people. There's something powerful. And so Candy starts serving and showing up routinely. And that bridge ministry, which really wasn't a ministry, it was just showing up, is blown up in this town big time. Mm -hmm. And it's a big nonprofit that's doing great things. They collaborate with a lot of people. So I think a lot of times it's just, not waiting. It's here's my thing. I say, show up, stand up, speak up. And if you're willing to show up and, and, and stand up and do something and the stuff will come. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where a lot of, you know, if you see a need or what, that's not being met to go out and get it involved, just start doing it and serve it Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Yeah. You, and there'll be people come along. Well, you know, this is kind of getting out of hand here. You might need to organize a little bit more, but uh, and start your 5013C and get people to donate money to it, et cetera. Um, but most of the stuff that started is, Nicholas, is just, you know, people seeing a need and just going out and doing something. Hmm. And I think, you know, a lot of people, entrepreneurial type people have those dreams, but it really comes from the heart. Yeah. So start by looking around what's already going on, jump in and see, and maybe there's a version of it or, 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 or not. And, um, start swimming, you know, start serving. 
So you just talked about an example of, of people using community service and serving their community to um, really help them feel that sense of belonging mm-hmm. and revive themselves out of periods of depression. How do you think that serving in the community brings people together and really builds mm. that social connection? Yeah, that's huge, I think. Um, when I think of the friendship circle I have, a lot of it has started out of those community services. There's something about doing something for others together that does something in your spirit that doesn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys know it. I don't know. Most companies have a day where they go out and serve or you see, you know, and we have plenty, you know, uh, people that companies that come and help us serve at, and, but man, when they do the other day, we had HCA, a big company and there, they had 14 people come and very few of them knew anybody. They just signed up and randomly is a large company. So they got this synergy of working with other employees that they didn't know, but they're working on the same, making camp benches for us. They built some camp benches around our campfires and this camaraderie that happened there took back into the workplace was huge. So mm-hmm. I would encourage you, you got companies, you know, officers that are willing, you want to, you want to up your game as a company, <laughs> let your people go serve. Mm-hmm. And there's really good ways to do that. But the camaraderie it builds and the community, because you've done something together and you have that memory. Mm-hmm. The, the civic club I'm with, Rotary, same thing. Church groups, same thing. If we go do something together, you know, even the, the, the small group things that I've been a part of, if we go do and serve something or do something together, you, you have that memory. First of all, you create a memory and that memory, you always go back to it. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's how I met you. That's how we went deeper than our little superficial talk. You know, when we went and served, you know, it's, I call it the 90 minute rule. If we're with people more than 90 minutes, good stuff starts happening. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we can kind of keep our act together for about 90 minutes and then you kind of let down. Now in the workplace, you know, some would say those meetings are too long and, but you watch any meeting that goes more than 90 minutes is probably getting out of hand. That's right? a different 90 minute rule. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. It's right. So yeah, that's what I'd say. Community together, the friendship circles that those happen that way. So I guess the last question to wrap this up, if I have um, that desire to get my colleagues out and serve, um, is it, um, is it feasible to go to my management team to say, I really want to mm-hmm. move us to go out and serve and be able to be a part of our community and, and these yeah. events. When they have that conversation, what do you recommend mm-hmm. that they, um, how do they approach it so that yeah. the organization as a whole can benefit um, more than just um, a few of the colleagues? Well, it's... Again, the whole person we talked about earlier before we started, you know, our, our work life, our personal life, you know, we try to say, oh, yeah, those are separate. Well, the reality, they're not. If something's not going right at work, something's not going right at, at home, it impacts the other. If something's going right at work and, and, and right at home, same thing. Mm-hmm. Healthy relationships and part of health and uh, community is getting out and getting your mind on other people. Mm-hmm. And 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 in serving, if one it it reminds you of what what you have or don't have, because typically most of the time we're looking at what we don't have, comparing ourselves to others. When you're out serving, especially in marginalized families and different ministries, you're seeing people that you're like, okay, the problems I have, yeah, they're problems, but not like 
this. Mm-hmm. And it shifts your perspective and changes how we see people and interact with people. If we're only interacting with people in the hallways, you know, in business settings and not, you know, that's why people try, well, let's do a social thing together. Let's do, well, I can tell you the best thing you can do outside of your work is not necessarily social, it's serving. Mm-hmm. It's out doing something together that makes you feel, you know, it creates those endorphins and things in your body that you're like, Ooh, okay, this feels right. And builds memory. So how do you say, I think you go to your HR, your officer, your bosses and say, what do you remember? What mm-hmm. are you passionate about? Start by not saying, here's what I'm passionate about. But say, hey, what, what are you passionate about outside of work? What are you passionate about? What are you serving? What are you doing? And, and see what happens. Because I think that's, they'll, they'll start saying, gosh, yeah, that, that was good for me. Maybe it's good for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately he's going to, he, she, as a leader is going to build a stronger community in the workplace. And that's mm-hmm. what you want. People that understand each other better um, and, and serving and doing things outside of work on company time <laughs> is a good thing. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll increase your productivity. Guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, Mark, thank you for yeah. being here. Um, thank you for, for tuning into the podcast. Um, if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, so we'd love it. if you give us a rating, tell us how we're, we're doing, how we're serving. If you have any great topic ideas, then let us know. Um, but from everyone here at Propel, be well. <laughs>